0: This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 101 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into Influencer Media Kits, what you should include, why you actually need one. But before we do that, I wanted to let you know that this week's podcast episode is sponsored by my masterminds. I am actually opening up applications for my 2019 mastermind and I'm going to be running two separate groups. This way I can meet you at your needs. If you are looking to find the accountability and the strategies that are going to be able to move you forward for 2019, then you're going to want to apply. My builder and scaler mastermind groups all include a group of six women where they come together to be able to share the struggles and the strategies Strategies that are working in order to move their businesses forward. Two women per call hop on the hot seat and ask questions specific to their business and then get feedback from within that group of women in order to move their businesses forward. Now the groups are made of bloggers from all different niches. So it's great because you're not just stuck in one specific niche, doing exactly what all the food bloggers do or doing exactly what all the DIY home decor bloggers do. You get an opportunity to really see different strategies that are working in different niches. So if you're looking to get out of the plateau for 2019 and really move your business forward, then I would highly recommend recommend hopping over to the show notes and be sureing to apply for the 2019 Mastermind. All right, guys, let's dive in to Influencer Media Kits. Good morning, guys. It is Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. I am live on the Jenny Morrow's Facebook page as well as Instagram Live. So luckily, last week when I did the podcast episode, I actually recorded not only to Facebook, but also to Instagram. And I was completely fortunate that I did so because the one on Facebook decided not to work. I don't know about you guys, but Facebook has been giving me a ton of trouble in the, like, the last week. I think they're going through a ton of different updates. So today I am live on both answering questions and we're going to be diving into the Influencer Media Kit. What it should consist of, why you need one, and I want to be answering all the questions that you have. Because In order to work with brands, you absolutely need to have an influencer media kit. So we're going to dive into the why and the how. But before we do, I want to make sure that you guys are aware that right now, I am accepting applications for my masterminds for 2019. I'm going to be running two different programs, a builder and a scaler mastermind. And with both of those programs, you will have access to hot seats. And I know hot seats sound scary, but I promise they're really, really not. <laughs> all hot seated is you come to a group with a specific challenge or question that you have in your business so that you can get feedback from other women in different niches and get all of your questions answered. I'm going to have two different programs to meet you at your needs, both a builder and a scaler, so that you can make sure that you are hitting your goals for 2019. All right. So let's start to really talk about what goes into an influencer media kit. So in order to get started with this, you really have to understand the why behind having one. The very most important thing to understand is that it presents yourself as a professional influencer. It is not that you are just doing this for a hobby. You are not just schmoozing, playing along on Instagram and randomly have an Instagram account. That's not even a business account or that you have a, you don't even have a Facebook page. You are a professional influencer and you are looking to get paid for that influence that you have. So with your influencer media kit, you want to make sure that it represents you professionally. What are the fonts that you use? What are the pictures that you use? You're going to hear me talk about the specific components of an, a media kit, but everything should be professionally represented. You want to make sure that you have a font that people can read that is. Can be associated with your brand and also pictures, headshots. Guys, I know that doing professional photography um, for yourself, for your sites, is awesome and great. You need to do it for yourself as far as your headshot. You need to have a professionally done headshot by another photographer because it is going to show the right side of you. It's going to show that you are professional and it's going to be part of your brand. So definitely make sure that you are doing those professional headshots for your influencer media kit. All right, one of the questions that I always seem to get asked is, when do I need an influencer media kit? Right, A lot of people, bloggers in particular, and influencers that head off to conferences will say to me, well, should I bring my media kit? And my answer is no. When you're reaching out to brands at a conference that you're attending, they're not going to hold on to that media kit. They're not going to fly all the way home and save your media kit to hand it over to someone else that they to the people that are part of their company. So with that influencer media kit, you have to understand that bringing it to conference isn't necessary. When you head to a conference, the thing that you need are business cards so that when you meet connections with other bloggers that could possibly become part of your tribe or become accountability partners with, you have the opportunity to use it that way. But with your business card, you also want to present it to the brands that are there. And more importantly, in a conference is get their card. You want to have their card so that you have that golden ticket of their email address to reach out to them. Now, a lot of bloggers will say to me, well, with the influencer media kit, I should be sending this when I'm sending an initial pitch, right? No. You're not sending your media kit immediately. If you haven't already grabbed my pitch cheat sheet, definitely make sure that you do. If you are listening in on the podcast, you can head over to the show notes and it will be there. Or if you want to check it out later, it's jennymaros.com forward slash pitch. Slash set checklist. So you can head to that and grab that. But in there, I tell you that you want to hold off because you want your call to action for your initial pitch to be that you want to be able to send them your media kit. I'd love to send you my media kit and a proposal to see if we might be a good fit. That's your call to action when you're sending that initial pitch to them. You're not going to include the media kit in that initial pitch. You want to be able to ask, have them ask for it. Okay, so you do not necessarily you don't want to bring it to a conference and you don't want to send it in the initial pitch. But you are going to want it as that call to action so that when a brand comes back to you and says, sure, send along your media kit, you're going to send your media kit. and You're also going to send a proposal. So what goes into the media kit? Right. What are the features of an influencer media kit? Well, the very first thing that you want to have is we talked about in the very beginning that it needs to be professional, right? We want to make sure that I talked about the font and the pictures. Well, you also want to make sure that you have a header up top that is branded, that is your logo so that it's on your media kit so that if it gets forward, it gets passed, they immediately can recognize it with the site. Because a lot of times when you send your media kit, the brands aren't necessarily clicking through to your website. So you want to be able to show them in your media kit exactly what you bring to the table, what they're going to get when they come over, the aesthetic, the feel, all of that. So make sure that you have a branded header when you are putting together your influencer media kit. You also, again, I talked about this in the beginning, professional headshot. You want to have the headshot that you use for your um, social media platforms. So on Instagram, if you have a specific headshot that you use, you want to use it on Facebook. You want to use it on Twitter. You want to use it on YouTube, across all of your social media channels. And you also want to have it on your media kit. You want to make sure that you're keeping it consistent so that when they run into or they see a tweet that you've put out about them or you go to Instagram and you're tagging them in one of your stories, they look at the profile and they go, oh, that's, the girl that just sent me over my media her media kit like last week or the week before or whatever it might be okay you also need to include examples of your photography now you can place these in different kind of like white space so that you can show this is a. Especially important for food bloggers. You guys are known for having beautiful photography. They are hiring you because of your photography. So, because of that, you want to make sure that you are displaying it on your influencer media kit. So, if you are one that doesn't shoot your own photography, maybe you use stock photos then that isn't necessarily something that you would include under in your media kit. But if you have pictures of yourself in lifestyle photos or pictures of your kids that you've shot or had even a professional photographer come in and shoot for you, that might be something that you would include on in your influencer media kit. It's not necessarily going to be um, where you include the stock photos on the media kit, right? So make sure that you have some sort of photos that can give them an idea of the brand, an idea of the aesthetic that they will get when they head over to your site, maybe the work that you can possibly to deliver for them, okay? The um, fourth thing that you want to make sure that you have is an about section. And I recommend writing it in the third person. I think it just sounds more professional when you're not saying, I do this, I do that, and you're tooting your own horn. It will put, it often I feel puts people on like kind of, Standoffish when they see it written in the first person. So I would highly recommend writing it in third person. You're going to want to have an about section that is on your site, uh, explaining what it is that your site does for who with your audience. But you're also going to want to have an about section on you. You bring expertise to the site. You bring a voice. You bring a passion, right? So you want to also have an about section that is also about you, the writer. You are often a huge part of the brand. So they're going to want to know that. What is your past experience? Who have you, um, what have you previously done? What was your, what was your former job before you became an influencer? All of that kind of stuff. So you want to include an about section on about your site as well an about section about yourself. Um, you're then going to want to include site demographics. Now for site demographics, you want obviously age range. So what age range is the majority of your audience? If 60% of your audience is between the ages of 25 to 45, then that's what you would include on there. Um, You're just going to give a percentage and tell them what the age range is between. You can put two age ranges together. So if you noticed, I did 25 to 45 because in analytics, when you're looking at Google Analytics, it will normally give you 25 to 35, 35 to 45, right? So you can put two of those, especially if they're close together and relatively the same generation that they're considered, right? If you're looking at your 25 to 45, you know that they're in a certain stage of life. They're normally going to have have kids or they're looking to buy their first home, depending upon what your niche is, that could be really, really important. So definitely keep that in mind and sharing that what percentage it is and where the age falls. You're also going to want to tell them what percentage is female, what percentage is male. So if you do have a, high, a larger male demographic, you want to share that, especially if you're pitching to a brand that would um, go to be a male demographic as well. To go along with that, you then are going to want to have your site stats. So when you're looking at your site stats, you want to include your users and your sessions so they can see how many, how often, how many pages that a person will stay on your site for. So when you're putting together that influencer media kit, have a little section that's going to say users and sessions. And for old school bloggers, sessions, of course, we talk about, um, you're normally used to calling them page views, right? But you want to include those as well you're also going to want to have your following across social media. So a lot of people, times I will have bloggers that will say to me, well, I'm kind of small. I don't really want to put that there. Put it. It is what it is. They're going to pay you according to your following. Your following comes into play. There is no sense in hiding the following to go back and forth in a couple emails and for them to feel like you tried to hide something. Just be honest. Tell them, I have 35 Instagram followers. I have 45 Twitter followers, whatever it might be. Now, again... Your price that you're going to charge is going to be correlated to the number of followers that you have. So there's no reason in hiding it. Just put it on there. Um, if your Pinterest following is smaller, it doesn't matter. Still stick, make sure it's consistent throughout. And also don't, one of the things I know that a lot of people will try to ask me is, can I put on there the number of impressions? Can I put on the number of Pinterest impressions? Right. Everybody loves Pinterest impressions because they're astronomical but they do not correlate to clicks to your website. So stick, if you're going to do your Facebook followers, your Instagram followers, your Twitter followers, you need to be doing your Pinterest followers as well. Otherwise, you need to take a look at keeping it consistent, whether it's going to be impressions, it's going to be engagement, whatever it might be, but keep it consistent throughout on your media kit for sure. Because when you start throwing out different numbers, you're going to confuse them and they're going to wonder why you're not being consistent. And it's normally because you're trying to hide something. You're try- probably trying to hide the fact that this following is a little bit smaller, but your engagement numbers are higher. You can articulate that your engagement numbers are higher than maybe you have a huge, very engaged following, but it's not ginormous because maybe it's specifically very niched. You're going to articulate that in your initial pitch. You're not going to try to tell them that on your media kit. So just keep your numbers there. Keep it as consistent so that if you do falling for one, you do falling for the other. You also on um, your media kit can include if you have a good size list, or even if you don't have a good size list, include your email subscribers. Because we all know that your list is the only thing that you own. So if that if social media were to go away tomorrow, you would still have that list. If I would also include with those email stats, your open rate and your click-through rate, especially if it's large, right? Especially if it's a higher rate. Um, If you are seeing an open rate of 30% or higher, even sometimes 25% or higher, I would include that open rate. And if your click rate is above... I would say 4%, I would include that as well because the norms for your email subscribers as far as click rate and open rate is much lower than that normally. So if you do have a high rate, include it on there just to make it easier. And then the last thing that you want to include on your influencer media kit is going to be accolades or previous clients. So if you are a food blogger and you have been um, there was a thing done, uh, an article done on you on Country Living Magazine, okay? That is an accolade. That is something where you have been featured. Even if you've had something featured on a larger site, maybe you've had something in BuzzFeed or HuffPost, include that as somewhere where you've been featured And then as far as your accolades, maybe you've done something on Rachel Ray or your local television. Maybe you do local segments all the time. Include that on your influencer media kit. And then you can also include previous clients that you've worked with. So if you have worked with a pasta company in the past, Put their logo on there because that is someone that you have worked with. Now, this is true even if you haven't worked with them directly. If you worked with them through a network, um, like let's say, for example, Sway Group is a network that you could work with. If you worked with Minute Maid through Sway Group, that's still a brand that you've worked with. It might not have, there might have been a middleman in between, but it's still a company that you're representing and that you believe in, that you have authentically written content about because that's what sponsored content is all about, right? All right. You guys, I appreciate you guys so much. I really want to make sure that you understand that with this influencer media kit, it's supposed to be the best of you, right? You want to be able to explain how you are an expert, what makes you unique, and it gives them an opportunity to want to work with you. Now, there's a couple things really fast that you do not want to do. You absolutely do not want to include 15 pages in your media kit. I would not recommend going beyond two pages in your media kit. I know some people will say five or six. I believe that brands do not continue to look through all of those pages. They will only look at the first, first first page and probably second page. So if you can, you need to go to two pages, go to two pages. I would recommend one page. Have it something simple and easy that they can print out easily and be able to pass around a table if they're trying to decide on who they're going to work with. The other thing to never ever include to the point where I heard someone say to include this on their media kits at a conference when she was speaking and I tried to tackle her. No, I was held back though, so it didn't really happen. But in all seriousness, you do not include your prices. You don't tell them that a blog post costs this much and a Facebook tweet costs this and uh, Facebook tweet, sorry, Facebook post costs this and a tweet is this and an Instagram story is this. That's not what you're doing. You need to put together a package in a proposal. That is why your call to action when you sent your initial pitch is I'd love to send my media kit and a proposal for your review. That's what you're looking to do. That's it. You're not looking to tell them I'm going to charge this for a Facebook post or I'm going to charge this for a blog post. Because you guys, as much as I would love to tell you that every brand is going to pay you what you're worth, They're not, and it's not their job to pay you what you're worth. It's their job to get you for the least amount of money as possible. So you come to them with a price, they're going to automatically cut you in half. So if you've already said I charge five hundred dollars for a blog post, a hundred dollars for a Facebook post, and twenty bucks for a tweet, they're going to do the math right there, and then they're going to cut you in half and say, "Okay, we've got a budget of three hundred dollars. How does that work?" And now you've already said, "Well." And you've told them your prices. So that is why you put together a package proposal, which gives them one price, one price, only one price. And that price is going to be a package price that's going to include a blog post and then all of the social shares. And then your out-of-the-box idea that I teach inside my course, Pitch Perfect Pro. Because I believe that if you want to get what your value is, you need to put together a package that shows and delivers more than what they're used to. That way, when you give the package price of say $1500 and they come back and they say to you, "Yeah, we can't really do 15, we can do um we can do 1200." Well, you can say, "Okay, well that's fine, but I'm taking this, which in your mind let's say is worth $500, I'm taking this out of my package." So now You're getting what you're worth and even more, right? So always remember that when you're doing that initial pitch that you're putting this together with the purpose of sending over an influencer media kit, the purpose of it is to have a call to action where you're saying, I'd love to send over a media kit and proposal for your review. Don't ever include your prices on your media kit. The only people that can get away with sending their prices on a media kit are people that have huge, ginormous following. And unless you're looking at over 100,000 on Instagram and a million page views, it doesn't make sense to try to do that. Put it in a package. Even my bloggers that I've been working with that see over a million page views that have over 100,000 Instagram followers, they will get a better price when they put together a package deal. So think about that proposal. Think about what that should look like. And make sure that when you put together your influencer media kit, it is professionally done. Now, if you're wondering, well, oh, I'm not good at the graphics. I hate putting together this kind of stuff. That's totally me, you guys. I struggled to put together a media kit because I'm not good with PDFs. I can write a blog post. I can take the pictures. But when it comes to putting into a PDF, I totally struggled. So what I have done is I have actually put together a training video as well as giving you eight editable Media kit PDFs that you can actually go in and you just pop in your information and you're able to grab it. If you're watching the live broadcast right now on Facebook, you can actually, it's up in the description. You can click right through and then it'll take you to it. So you're getting eight editable PDFs that you can put in all your information, plus the training video that's going to walk you through all of it, the tech side of it, as well as the components that need to be in there for only $49. You can click through to that. Otherwise, if you're listening to the podcast and you don't have my converting media kit uh, video training, make sure that you hop over to the show notes because it is a huge deal. If you tried to go onto Etsy or onto any graphic designer kind of space to purchase a media kit, you're going to pay a minimum of $25 for one media kit. And that media kit is going to be done for you so that... Every time you need to update your stats, you need to pay them another $25. You need to update and pay again. So if you are looking to have a media kit where you can actually use it over time and continue to update it as you grow your numbers, which you're naturally going to do, right? then you definitely want to grab the editable media kits that I offer in this converting media kit training. So hop over to in the Facebook Live, you can pop that in that description. Or if you're listening to the podcast, jump over to the show notes and make sure that you grab it while you can. Because going into 2019, you need to be set up for to look professional and to be able to bring in income with brands that you want to work with. And they want to work with those that represent themselves professionally. All right, you guys, I appreciate you all so much for joining in live with me. If you're listening to the podcast, I appreciate you guys as well. And I will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Well, there you have it. Having an influencer media kit is a necessity when it comes to working with brands. So if you are looking to take 2019 and make it so that you can absolutely work with brands to create sponsored content, then you're going to want a media kit. And what way better to do it than have an actual training that's going to walk you through how to use eight different editable media kits so that you can make it specific to your business and instead of having someone else do it for you where you're gonna need them to do it every single time you wanna update your stats, now you would have your hands-on training and editable media kits that you can edit every single time that you need to. So if you have a quick surge in Instagram, you're able to actually update it to show that for the brand that you're wanting to work with. All right, guys, I so appreciate you taking the time to listen into the podcast. And it means so much to me when you leave a review on iTunes. It helps other bloggers and influencers find my content so that I can help them as well as you move your business forward. And I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart when you really do take that time to leave a review. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then.